What number is this, Chip? Episode 56. Good Times producer Adam Schlesinger drops by along with Rhino's John Hughes. Hey, there we go. <laughs> so I get to say my own name? Sure. Awesome. All right. Okay, don't, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I'm You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Podcast full of monkeys, Zilch. Another exciting episode here today, and we'd like to dedicate this episode to Davy Meredith and his group, the Monkeys Headquarters, over at Facebook. They passed 6,000 members, and we'd like to thank them for all the hard work promoting everything that's going on with the monkeys this year. Just a shout out to Davy and everybody over there, and a big hello from the Zilch crew to you. And we have some people on the Zilch hotline. Hello. Someone that is going to get his own chair on the monkey men table here. John Hughes, you're you're pretty much close to being an official guest host at this point. Yeah, that's kind of uh, exciting and sad all at once. <laughs> well, Zilch Nation, here he is, John Hughes. Yeah, yeah great. Yay, hooray. <laughs> I think uh, what's much more exciting than you guys hearing from my uh, familiar voice at this point is the guy who's in the chair next to me here, Uber producer... Uber, Uber driver, Uber driver, Uber driver <laughs> and super producer Schlesinger from Adam Schlesinger, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Schlesinger, and welcome to Zilch, the podcast full of monkeys. So glad to have you here, Adam. You were on our short list, and we'd like to let people know a little bit about you. What would you like people to know about you? I'm a Scorpio. I like long walks on the beach. Turnoffs <laughs> include smokers, negative people. <laughs> there you go. Well, well th- thank you for being on the show. Um, I give Adam's bio. <laughs> Adam, of course, was uh, a founding member of the fantastic power pop band Fountains of Wayne, also in the great uh, band Ivy, and he has a new project uh, on Warner Music called Fever High. Uh-huh. And he's also the producer of Good Times oh, by yeah. the Monkees. And I'd like to let people know a little bit about your day job. Here is a bit of his huge song, the band he, that, that he is part of, Fountains of Wayne, and their big hit, Stacy's Mom. We'll play a little bit of that for you right now. You know I'm not the little boy that I used to be. no stranger to having a hit and i think we're going to have another one here with the monkeys good times now mm-hmm. we'd like to know a little bit about your history with the monkeys are you a monkeys fan 
I am a monkeys fan. I'm, I'm actually much more of a monkeys fan now, having been immersed in in monkeys for uh, the last few months. Wow. Now, are you a casual monkeys fan? Like you knew the hits, or are you like a headquarters, a Pisces head? Like where do you fall down? I mean, no, I can't pretend that I I, I had deep knowledge of the monkeys before this. I mean, I liked the monkeys, and and I knew the the monkeys when I was a kid. I mean, when I was when I was a little kid, I think I only knew that about the Beatles and no other bands for a long time. And then I think the second band I might have known about was the Monkees. And to me, there wasn't really any difference. I was like, oh, there's another band. <laughs> so at that point, I, I knew that there were two bands. Mm-hmm. So any, anyway, but yeah, so I, I mean, the Monkees were sort of on my radar and I had some Monkees records. Um, but, but when I first started meeting with John and Andrew, the band's manager, you know, I, I started going much deeper into the records and watching head and and just that you know i wanted to i wanted to get everybody's references that they were throwing at me when you when you went on this little bit of research what did you find as far as like your favorites uh well i mean obviously just overall the 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 caliber of writing that was done both by the guys themselves and by all these incredible outside writers is 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 part of the appeal of the whole thing i mean they you know there's just such a deep catalog and um you know, especially when John started talking about the this, this sort of plan for this new record about a combination of new songs and a combination of, of classic stuff, or you know, written, songs written by the people that had written a lot of their classic stuff in the past. It was sort of an irresistible uh, combination for me. Yeah, when you think about how often do you get a chance to work with songwriters from back in the heyday to the caliber of songwriters from today as well it's 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 kind of the best of both worlds it's funny i i, I ran into um jeff barry at a party hmm. la poubelle and i said hey we're cutting one of your songs it was a song that they had demoed in 1967 or something probably and i gotta give it time gotta give it time and and i said hey we're, we're cutting one of your songs on this uh, new monkeys record and he was just—I thought he would be really excited. He's like, "Ah, we wrote a lot of songs back then." <laughs> I don't know if he—I honestly don't know if he remembered the song. I mean, I told him the title. I'm not sure he remembered it, but it's a great song anyway. Yeah. We look forward to hearing that. Now, what do you think of the two singles that have been released thus far? You bring the summer, and she makes me laugh. From a production side of things, what were you trying to do with those songs? I mean, overall, what we were trying to do is capture live energy, get live takes, and really work quickly the way they did back in the day. Uh-huh. You know, I, I got some of my friends in, uh, Brian Young, who plays drums in Fountains of Wayne, Mike Viola, an old, old friend of mine who um, worked with me on the song That Thing You Do many years ago. And Excellent great, song. Thank you very much. And, and uh, Mike um, played a lot of the guitars on this, on this Monkeys record. Brian played a lot of the drums. So I had these guys... Jody Porter from Fountains of Wayne on a few songs and the guys in the band coming in and adding instrumentation with them and I just wanted to capture sort of uh, you know good uh, initial instincts and live energy from everybody so with those two songs that you mentioned in particular you know we got we got basic tracks very quickly wanted to keep it um, pretty organic sounding and, and have the whole record have some be, you know be sort of unified through that just everything done in the same room right. the same guys and and um and it was pretty much done like an old school monkeys record. Yeah, I mean it was it was very you know the basic tracks were all done in like a, a ten day period really, and then we spent a little extra time on some overdubs. But um, you know Rivers's demo didn't have any drums on it. 
um, it was a little like you know as you might expect the guitars were like a little bit more like heavy bar chordy mm -hmm. on the demo and and we sort of jangled it out a bit more. Um, Andy's um, Andy's demo was really great sounding. It was a bit slower, and my first instinct when I heard it was like maybe we should pick this up a little bit. And he actually then sent me an email the next day saying, "Hey, maybe we should pick this up a little bit." <laughs> so I think our, I think our instincts were the same on that. question about you bring the summer was that beach boys thing in the original demo you mean the whole out chorus thing yeah yeah because because for, for like the first two minutes of the song it's it's one kind of song and it's it's about this uh dreary weathered uh area and this this guy's you know depending on this woman to come in and bring the summer and when she's around you know things start happening and then right. when that that sort Cord. of coda section. Yeah, yeah, the coda yeah, section. I mean, well, on on his demo, he didn't do all that stuff that we did, but he he kind of marked it, and he and he, and then he sent me a note saying, "Please go nuts with the harmonies at the end and have fun with it." 
So it was indicated, but um, we, we took it and ran with it a little bit. Well, it's kind of funny because there are people that says it sounds like the monkeys meets the Beach Boys meets XTC. And that's kind of apt at some point. But when you think about it, like you have Mickey Dolan's Peter Tork and Mike Nesmith kind of aping that Beach Boys kind of riffing, if you will. Isn't it kind of weird when you're looking at these guys doing this? <laughs> and and, and, and what... I, don't, I don't specifically think of that as Beach Boys, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're, you know... There's 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 harmonies and 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 all that, but mm-hmm. um, I, I wasn't thinking automatically just Beach Boys and that. It was just more, more wanting to have a big wall of vocals and, and a little psychedelia. It's like Pleasant Valley Sunday, the end of yeah, Pleasant Valley exactly. Sunday. Yeah, that's what I think. Of. Yeah, I mean, but what I think what's nice on this record is that you hear the personalities of of each songwriter pretty clearly, but they also sound like Monkey songs, and yeah. I think that's what you want. You know, I think if people that hear it. Andy Partridge and that are happy that they hear Andy Partridge and that, but it doesn't really sound like an XTC song. It sounds like a monkey song. Right. At the end of the day, that's what you delivered. And you've got that sitar sounding thing. Is that a guitar or an actual sitar? In that outro section? Yeah. No actual sitars were used in the making of this record. <laughs> or, or harmed during the making. Yeah. But, uh, a few were harmed, but none were used. <laughs> and of course, we hear some uh, weird noises in the background. Yeah, I, I, to jump in here, uh, there's a lot of debate online right now who is giggling at the end. <laughs> oh, that's um, I think that was uh, that was Peter. That's Peter. And then we we just kind of the little funny pitch change repeat on it. And Very Ness good. seems pretty proud of his uh, deep baby. baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's 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 really cool as a fan of the monkeys, you know, to see the guy who has had a reputation of not wanting much to do with the monkey. He's he's every release and everything that comes out, he's there saying, "Yeah, that was me doing this." <laughs> it's yeah. just really cool. And uh I guess I have to ask you uh about the rest of the songs. Now, uh one person said that uh, these two songs are very optimistic and pure straight love songs. Are there any songs about broken hearts or anything like that? Yeah, I think the I, I think the record has a lot of variety on it, and I think there's a lot of different tempos. There's some there's some very intimate, uh, more ballady type things. Um, it's 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 a pretty broad record, you know. I mean, obviously putting out the two the two first songs, I think everybody wanted to go with stuff that was poppy. We fun. wanted a one two punch. Yeah, yeah. But but um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different um, emotions and and moods on the record. The the next single release will be uh, very different. Hmm. Now, when's that happen? Soon. Oh, gee, we can't say anything. Okay, all right. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? You know, uh, somebody posted that every time you say that we should play the Paul McCartney song, that would be something. (laughs) (laughs) That would be something. Really would be something. That would be something. Now, you you know you mentioned Pleasant Valley Sunday. Is there any song that has like a really strong paperback writer Pleasant Valley Sunday day tripper kind of guitar riff kind of a thing? It's a good question. There's some cool riffs on the record. I don't know if it's that type of riff specifically. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the the song that I mentioned before, the Jeff Barry Joey Levine song has a cool kind of garage rock riff to it. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not quite as arpeggiated as what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think uh, your track is really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I have a song on there called um, "Our Own World." Not, there's a 
kind of not, not really a riff on that, but there's a guitar part. <laughs> it was an uh, uh, organ hook. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, and I think uh, "Gotta Give It Time"'s got a real garage rock. Oh, there's also "Whatever's Right," which is a voice and heart song, yeah. has has a pretty cool guitar riff in it. That one might be a little bit more like what you're thinking. Yeah, it is. It's a classic voice and heart gimmick. Riff, and and you, you know, think. just to hear the words "voice and heart" affiliated with a Monkeys record in 2016, this is just fantastic for us as fans. Now, what kind of reaction have you had from people when you said, by the way, I'm working on a Monkees album with people that are more your peers as opposed to someone who are more the Monkees peers, if you will? I mean, this honestly has just felt like one of these projects where everyone that hears about it is interested, is excited. There's a really positive vibe about it from from everyone that that has has found out about it, you know, all my friends are interested. Everybody that I know wanted to write for it or play on it. I just something about it, it you know, it, it 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 people were I feel like rooting for it right from the get go. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because you're seeing a lot of the press because the monkeys are getting press in places that they've never gotten before. And you read the comments and people are saying, you know, this is probably the best song posted here in a while. <laughs> I think that was that was the comment that was left on punknews.org, right? Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, for punknews.org to <laughs> to have uh, She Makes Me Laugh as, yeah, <laughs> as, as, as the freshest new song that they've heard there in a while is kind of bizarre. Uh, and I don't know if either of you gentlemen, I'm pretty sure John has seen it, but there was a uh, zilch listener, Roy Morrison, made a video of his granddaughter with She Makes Me Laugh. You know, he, he wrote in the subject line, She Makes Him Laugh. And it's weird how that song has taken on a different life as far as its interpretation of meaning. Uh, do you know yeah, about this? Weird Al did his version, She Makes Me Lunch. I don't know oh, if you she- <laughs> She makes me lunch. Weird Al, get on it. Do we do we allow that? <laughs> well, well, you know they could tour again. Exactly, It'd be like the eighties <laughs> all Weird over Al again. Went for the monkeys in eighty six. Oh, there you go. That'd be fantastic. Full circle. Full circle. Um, but it's it's so cool when you see this video and how the song's taken on a whole complete different life of its own. What do you think of the interpretation of this being about uh, someone's child or or? grandchild or someone who's a friend as opposed to just a straight romantic tune um, I hadn't thought of that but I think it totally works and I think you know it, it, it's the song is general enough to mean different things to different people mm-hmm. and uh, but I think it also has funny quirky specifics in the lyrics that mm-hmm. give it some character and um, I think it's a great song I mean you know the first time I heard it it was right on the top of my list so we got to do this one it's a great hook yeah. Great poppy tune. Well, I thought it was really cool that Mickey Dolan shared that the, the, the video that we're speaking about because as a man with four daughters and grandkids and everything, it, it, it also fits coming from that kind of style as well. There's uh, also, uh, that song also points out to the spontaneity of the recording sessions mm-hmm. where uh, Mickey just threw out a line and it ended up in the song. Which line's that? Oh, about the, yeah, the... Um 
directing traffic in the mall. <laughs> there was a couple lines in Rivers' original draft that he wasn't that comfortable with, and so we were kicking around some options. Rivers gave us a couple of other options, and then there was just one line we were still messing with, and that one was sort of just on the spot. Like, we need something else here. And we had to make sure Rivers was okay with it. He liked it. I love that, though, <laughs> directing traffic in the mall. Well, I can see it. And, you know, you, you, to me, when I hear that song, I, I like picture a, a Zoe Deschanel kind of uh, girl. You know what I mean? That that kind of quirky, cool kind of a thing. What G-Ken. was it? <laughs> G-Ken. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> start out with Mickey Dolenz. What was the biggest challenge or, or the thing that you learned or were surprised by the most by working with Mickey Dolenz? I mean, Mickey is still, you know, sort of the consummate show business professional. He shows up every day, does what has to get done. He's, he's, he's very good natured. Um, you know, he and I spent a lot of time together, had a lot of fun. I, I, you know, he's, 
he's just he's like a pro guy. I mean, he's a, and he's obviously also he's a great singer. And one and one of the thing that one of the things that was um, kind of funny is you know usually if you if, usually if you're working with an older singer you have to move keys down because they can't hit the high notes. And with Mickey, we were having to move every song up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. Wow. Demos would come in, and Mickey would be like, "Well, you know, this is going to sound better if I move it up half an octave." Yeah. I mean, he's got this crazy range, but uh, you know, I, I, I mean, one day that was very sort of powerful in the studio was when he did the recording on the song "Good Times," which is the Nils- the duet with uh, Harry Nilsson. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know if you know the story behind that song or if you've heard it yet or anything. Yeah. yeah so there's a so this was a song that was the basic track was recorded in '67 with Harry Nilsson doing sort of a guide vocal. I don't even know if it was intended as a final vocal or no, not. No, it but, wasn't, but you just never did anything happen. Right, but it's an amazing vocal. And so we decided to bring that master back up and then turn it into a duet between Harry Nilsson and Mickey. So it's the track from 67. I added a guitar solo to it. That's the only new instrumentation on it. And then uh, Mickey sang it as a duet with Harry. And, and you know, so he, he's in the studio and he's singing with Harry in his cans. And at one point he kind of choked up and had to take a break because he's, you know, it's, it's it his was, best friend. Yeah, it's his best friend. So, and it came out really great. I think you're going to love it when you hear it. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Well, we're definitely looking forward to hearing that. What did you learn from working with Peter Tork and were there any uh, challenges you had to face? Uh, you know, Peter, Peter is a really talented musician and, um, he he played. He ended up playing on a lot of tracks. Um, he and I are very similar in a lot of ways. We both had this classical training on piano, and at one point we were having a little show-off festival. Like who could remember more uh, Bach dueling Bach dueling Bach pieces <laughs> from their childhood piano lessons? And um, we knew we knew actually some of the same ones. You know, he's 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 uh, he's a great musician, and and he ended up coming up with lots of cool parts and lots of cool vocal parts, and. Um, you know, he he was a pleasure to work with, really. I mean, we, we, we had a nice time together. He really is an underrated talent. A lot of people don't seem to uh, understand the depth of his musicality. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a serious musician, and also he, he's a great singer, and he has two lead vocals on the album. Um, one of them is a song he wrote, and one of them is a Carole King song, and I think they're both outstanding vocals. Very good. Um, I, You know, when John was telling me that you were producing this I said well you tell him if Peter Tork shows up with a guitar that you let him play or do whatever he wants on it because there were times in the past when that <laughs> wasn't exactly so when they recorded the first album so it, well I think it, there was sort of a mutual sense between all of us of like you know anybody should feel like trying I mean all three of the guys individually said to me I'll do as much or as little as you want me to do let me know what you want and I said to each one of them, please bring any ideas you have to the table and like, you know, just let's try whatever you want to try. So, so um, you know, it was very collaborative in that sense. And hopefully everybody felt like, um, you know, their ideas were, were, were incorporated. Were you intimidated by any of the, the guys? Um, I was a little bit intimidated by Mike Nesmith at first just because I wasn't sure what, the, what his role was going to be and how much he was going to be involved. But he turned out to be incredibly... Uh, easy to work with and nice and sweet and you know we went up and met with him uh, in, in Northern California a little bit before we got started I went up with John and hung out at his house and um, we spent a couple hours there and listened to some songs and um, I think that broke the ice a little bit mm-hmm. and then he came down and spent- it was supposed to be for one day but yeah, yeah he ended up doing a whole bunch of days in the studio doing a whole bunch of days in the studio yeah yeah because when, when this project was first announced it went from Mike is not 
going to be that involved to Mike's on the album. <laughs> so it was yeah. definitely he's, a, a well, nice. He's all over the album. I mean, it's not just he's on the album. He's all over it. He has, you know, again, he has he, he has a, a couple of lead vocals. He has instrumentation all over the place. He wrote an amazing ballad, which which is one of my favorite tracks on the record. And, and then he is... also um, there's this Noel Gallagher Paul Weller song, which is kind of a a, a big sprawling epic psychedelic <laughs> song, and it, it actually has a dual. Well, uh, Nez sings part of it, and Mickey sings the other part of it. Yeah, it's called the response. Yeah, is that the birth of the accidental hipster? Yeah, yeah, which has actually turned out to be sort of like a lot of people's favorites. It's it's it's, it's a it's it's a sort of a crazy song, but it's an awesome song. It's almost the centerpiece at this point. Oh wow! Now you mentioned a ballad that he wrote. Which one are we talking about? I know what I know. It's called I Know What I Know. It's a really really beautiful song. He had a demo of it that was much it had much more uh ar- arrangement it had much more going on orchestration wise and and i was sort of pushing for doing it in a sort of more stripped time way just to focus on how beautiful the, the song was so the version we ended up doing is mostly just a piano and vocal with some very spare orchestration that comes in around it but i i just think the song it's the song's really special and if i can say i think it's the best nez vocal performance on a, on a record i've heard in a good 25 years. Wow. Well, that says a lot right there. Um, it, was there any uh, thing that you learned from working with Nez Adam? I mean, I feel like I learned something from everybody I work with. Everybody has their own mm-hmm. approach to music, and music is such an individual thing. He he talked about the song, especially that song. I mean, when he was sort of describing what he heard in my in my arrangement and what he wanted... He talked about it in very visual terms. He was saying, I picture, you know, a guy sitting alone at a piano and he had this whole kind of almost like a movie set. It was like Ken, you know his movies from the movies yes. of the mind or it was Absolutely. he was describing to Adam very much like that. Monkeys fans ah. very familiar with how Nez describes songs. Yeah, I mean but but I but it's weird because like I would never have thought to describe music like that to somebody else, but when he did say that to me, I got it and understood what he meant and it and it helped me finish the track. Now in the past, uh, going back to the first album or whatever, the monkeys didn't have any say in what they were doing. And as weird as it sounds in 2016, there are some fans who have a fear that this is just a cookie-cutter thing, that the guys came in, they weren't really that involved, and they just did their bits and walked out. How is What can you say towards that? No, I mean, this was, from the beginning, you know, a collaboration between everybody you know all of us i mean it was me and john and the guys and and andrew their manager just having lots of conversations and lots of discussions and i don't think anybody was really um dictating to anybody else i think it, i think it was uh you know you sort of try to get a consensus of opinion and i can tell you nobody tells mickey dolan's peter Tork or mike nesmith what to do <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing is if they don't want to do something they're not going to do it and i'm certainly not going to tell them they have to so um it's not like they were contractually bound to do this album in any way, and they were totally into it. They understood the concept and embraced it. And nobody puts baby in a corner, right, John? Yeah, that too. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I'm going to ask you off the top of your head to name your favorite three songs, Adam Schlesinger, off of the Monkey's Good Timing upcoming May 27th release. Oh, man. I can't. I mean, it's like, you know, at this point, it's I'm a little too close to it. it's like saying pick your favorite of your children <laughs> i mean I, I mean you know there, there's some there's some on here uh how do i answer that question i mean 
I can't I can't say that they're my favorites. Like lately, when I've been listening to the record just for the last week, um, I probably well like today I listened to the Noel Gallagher Paul Weller song a bunch of times just because yesterday I got a call from Steve Van Zant saying how he loved the, he loves the album and particularly loves that song and is going to play that song on his radio station. So that made me want to go back and hear it some more. Now, um, just just in case people don't know who he is, could you tell folks who that is? Uh, he's my chiropractor. <laughs> No, he's uh, you know little Steven and uh, the guitar player in in, uh, in the E Street Band, right. and also he's also uh, got his own show on Sirius. He's, got his, own, he's got his own channel yes. on Sirius. Yes, uh, Underground Garage, and a big fan of pop music and guitar music mm-hmm. and garage rock and all that stuff. And an excellent uh, place to listen to music is his. Yeah, channel. you know uh, the the song that Ben Gibbard wrote, which is called "Me and Magdalena." We actually liked it so much that we did it twice. <laughs> There's two versions of the song. One is one is sort of slightly more ballady, and the other one's a little bit more upbeat rock, psychedelic. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's that's a great song. That's a duet between um, Mickey and Nez. Uh, but yeah, I, I you know I really can't say that one is a favorite really. Hey, Ken, we got time for one more, and we got to go. I know the monkeys are doing a town hall. Were, is there any? thoughts of perhaps a monkey's channel on XM Sirius? That would be up to uh, Sirius XM. <laughs> okay. Uh, we would love for that to happen, uh, but, you know, they'd have to be interested in that. So, right. you know, if they came to us wanting to do it, we would probably do our best to make it happen. Well, let's let's hope that it goes that way. That would be cool. If enough uh, monkey fan subscribers uh, barrage them with tweets, emails, and mm-hmm. phone calls, who knows what can happen. Wouldn't that be something? So we need to do that. Adam, I would like to thank you so much for coming thank on Zilch. You. And someday I would like might like to have you come back and talk about each track, track by track, if you are so interested in the future. I'd be happy to do it. I, uh, and here's here's two little known facts that I want to share with the listeners. This, this is how cool this guy is. He's, he was in a band with Bunny Carlos called Tinted Windows. And not only that, his cousin, John Bernthal, was in The Walking Dead and is now The Punisher. So just imagine those family reunions. <laughs> hey, I worked with the monkeys. Yeah, well, I'm The Punisher. Anyway, Adam, <laughs> That's funny. Adam, we would like to thank you so much for coming on the show. And John, thank you so much for all you're doing behind the scenes and uh, just, just making being a monkey fan fun in the year 2016. The year of the monkeys the year of the monkeys the monkeys are coming to your town your blu-ray player your cd player and your computer and you need to be prepared thank you once again and let's play a little bit of that thing you do as we go out we will see you guys thank you all right thanks so much thanks ken thank you adam thank you so much all right god bless to both (laughs) you and we will be talking to you all right bye bye
This is Talia Jones. And this is Sarah Jones. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Zilch, the Monkeys, a Monkeys Podcast. <laughs> we would like to thank Adam Schlesinger and John Hughes for allowing us to play the tracks You Bring the Summer, She Makes Me Laugh, That Thing You Do, and the clip from Stacy's Mom. Here is a bit from the world premiere on BBC Two when they premiered You Bring the Summer. An interview with the BBC Two's Chris Evans with Mickey Dolenz. Again shortly, but also celebrating this morning is your not-so-mystery guest. After 50 chart-topping years in the business, he's here to give us a first taste of a brand-new album live from L.A. It's the original daydream believer, Mickey Dolenz from the Monkees. Good morning, Mickey! Thank you for staying up so late or early, depending on which way you want to look at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even have the, the early morning numbers on my watch. They don't exist. They're right. only late night. Well, That's th- rock and roll, baby. Of course, of course. Chris, now, how you doing? Very well. So 50 years ago, when you got together via this television show, did you think you'd still be talking about what you were up to half a century later? <laughs> If I had known how long I was going to live, I would have taken much better care of myself. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? You live It's all right living in the moment, but if the moment lasts a bit longer than you expected, you're sort of done for. Right, so tell us about this, uh, this, this anniversary, this new album. What else is going on with you guys now? Oh, we have this incredible new album coming out, and I'm so excited about it. Andy Parcher from XTC, uh, Paul Weller, Noel Gallagher wrote a tune for us, Ben Gibbard from uh, uh, Death Cab for Cutie. Uh, 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 we have just... The, uh, and in old tunes, we found these old tunes from uh, the 60s that had never been finished, you know, uh, tracks by Carol King and Harry Nielsen and Neil Diamond and Boyce and Hart, and we finished those up. We got a vocal by, by Davey, and uh, I do a duet with Harry Nielsen, my dear old friend, and uh, we're very excited about it. It's, uh, you know, very, very, very interesting. Well, I don't know about the truth of the situation, but you sound full of beans. You sound very well. I'm very well. You know, I, I um, you know, uh, no sex, no drugs, no rock and roll. <laughs> That's what it is, eh? Well, no drugs. <laughs> All right, okay, good. And um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so you are going to be recording a special documentary for us here at Radio 2. What do you know of this so far? What can you tell us about it? The documentary? Yeah. Well, it's about us, you know. It's about the home monkey kind of thing, the phenomena, and and the music and the the, the spirit of it. You know, the spirit of the '60s seems to be coming back. People are, you know, appreciating, you know, that era, that genre, that zeitgeist. To use a, uh, a you know, a very obscure German word, um, <laughs> we. We're having a great time. What can I tell you? You know, the the whole monkey spirit thing has been going on for, like like you say, 50 years. And uh, uh, who, who knows why? And, um, uh, you know, you could probably explain it more than, than I. 
Now you say here um, of a tour, the forthcoming tour, which hits North America starting on uh, Wednesday the 18th of May, that there are currently no UK dates um, announced. Well, I'm going to be in Liverpool on the Beatle thing. Right. I'm doing that Beatle Cavern uh, Club thing, so I'll be there. And we did uh, the UK uh, a little while ago. I did. Uh, uh, I was uh, in the West End doing uh, Hairspray, um, you know, for about a year, just a couple of years ago. I would not be surprised if we w- we would be mm. back there doing a UK <laughs> tour, and I certainly look forward to it. As you probably remember, I I was there living there for most of the 70s and 80s, uh, uh, directing and working and uh, writing and producing shows for The Beeb and for LWT and for Granada and uh, Central TV for years and years, so I cannot wait to get back. All right, okay. well, it's lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for staying up. And now, I can't believe this. I can't believe I'm saying this. Here is the brand-new single... From the Monkees. Thank you for listening to this episode of Zilch. We'll be back soon. Of course, we'll be up to monkey business. Take some time out, monkey around, and stay amazing. See you on the next episode. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members, past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Burke. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. That would be something. Really would be something. That would be something.